welcome to Podtoid 40. Finally, after six months, we finally reached the four digit in the tens place. Uh, joining me today are Aaron Lindy. The, the four digit in the tens place. I like that. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't just say we finally reached 40. No. The four digit in the tens place. I'm sorry. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Brad Rice. Yeah, well, hey, you guys might actually catch up to uh, Podtoid Sun and, you know. Shut the fuck up. 18 months. Hey, well, we're. So what, I can't brag about my own podcast? No. As far God as we're forbid. concerned, that podcast doesn't exist. Yeah, it's dead to you. Neither does the site. And Jim Sterling. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, the podcast only has four and not the zero. This week, we are going to be talking about uh, Kevin McCullough, the Mass Effect douchebag who seems to think that the game has gay sex that it doesn't. Uh, Escape from Bug Island, which Brad has been bugging me about for the, about the past six months wanting to play. And one console to rule them all. David Jaffe says we need one console. Square Enix says we need a bunch. Who's right if anybody is right? But first, let's start with Escape from Bug Island, because Brad, I know you've, you've wanted to talk about this piece of shit for forever. You've wanted to play it for forever. What Welcome you, to Bug Island. That's what I imagine you saying to me every time you message that. <laughs> But, um, yeah, just to give you readers a little insight as to what happened, um, way back in, like, May, you know, we all knew that Escape from Bug Island was going to be a piece of shit, but I wanted to, you know, for the hell of it, actually play the game, so I contacted IDAS, and, you know, they said, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll send you a copy. Um, The game, you know, ends up never coming to my doorstep, I just sent every title that they released except for Escape for Bug Island. So, you know, I eventually decided to, oh, hey, I'll just go out and buy the game. It's not that easy because you can't find it in Best Buy. GameStop's removed it from their website completely. And I think basically no one ever even wanted you to buy the game. But um, about like two weeks ago, I finally got the game off of Guzex, and so I've been playing it for... About the past week, uh, I'm about halfway through the game, and I'm hoping to finish it up this next week. I can only seem to, you know, play it in installments because it actually hurts me when I play. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm serious. Like I, I start to, you know, it's not like a headache, but I just feel this throbbing pain in the back of my head, and I, I know it can't be right. Um, I guess probably. The biggest thing that's irritated me so far has been just like the story. Um, it basically starts off with you know it, you you're on this island and you're with two of your friends, you're Ray, and then you've got Michelle and Mike with you. Um, you're just on a camping trip, but Mike decides to bring a shotgun. As far as I understand, this is probably the dialogue that went on like before they actually decided to go. Hey, you want to go to Bug Island? Um, I heard that, you know, like, people die there and no one's ever come back. Shut the fuck up, Ray. You're such a pussy. And that's probably uh, about it in terms of the dialogue. Because you go through this absolutely nonsensical conversation in the first five minutes where everyone seems to be having their own conversation about different things. Michelle is talking about the giant cockroach that's the size of her chest and she's all giddy about it because she's an entomologist. Um... Ray is trying to confess his love to Michelle. Uh, meanwhile, Mike decides to say, hey, I love you. Let's go you know, have sex out in the woods. 
and Ray gets all pissed off at him. You know, but like then, you do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then Mike just turns and points a shotgun at him every time I try to say something. And then, you know, after she runs off, I go through a tutorial on, you know, how to fight. Uh, thankfully, the controls aren't absolutely retarded when it comes to, you know, like swinging the Wiimote about and moving. Only problem is that, you know, actually moving your character any direction but forward is a painful effort. It's like playing Fear Effect, pretty much. So it's like playing Resident Evil? Yeah. Uh, I never actually played the original Resident Evil, so I can only go with Fear Effect. But um, yeah, it's, it's the same kind of control. It's stupid. You have to. You're always moving in terms of your character, and never the camera. That thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, 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 uh, no. I guess not. It's more so. Um, actually, like trying to like rotate left or right is okay. Extreme. The really sluggish turning shit. Yeah, but I mean, otherwise you just run forward, and then if you're trying to move back, you sort of flick the the uh, nunchuck back, and you can dodge left or right depending on which one you fling. But. Um, yeah, to get back to the tutorial, uh, in the middle of it, you know, Mike is just like, I think I'll love you. And then it just ends right there. No explanation, <laughs> nothing. Just, I think I love you. That's incredible. And, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I start going about, and apparently a uh, large wooden stick is better to uh, use to actually, you know, kill giant praying mantises than a hunting knife. Yeah, uh, the the weapon system is kind of funny. I mean, it's just like your choices are rocks, which are about as effective as using like a steel pipe for killing things. Um, so does that mean very know, effective or not at all effective? <laughs> well, neither. Are real, I guess the steel pipe is like effective compared to the stick. I mean, it takes like one less swing to kill something, which uh, I don't know. It's just. The, the weapon system, the only thing that they could have done to make it worse was to include the breaking from Silent Hill Origins. But, I mean, it's just generally bad. The monster design, um, it's, yeah, it, it's gigantic bugs for half the point until, like, fucking King Kong comes down from a tree and starts trying to attack you. What? <laughs> No, no, I'm serious. It's just like I, I'm going around, and then suddenly, boom, giant ape comes out to attack me. And you know how I have to kill it? I have to fucking throw rocks at its face. It's, that, that's, that's well, dude, haven't you ever seen King Kong? Time, that's pretty much how it happens. You know? Yeah. They, I mean, they were very small bullets instead of rocks, but it's basically... <laughs> Essentially, it's the same thing when you yeah. get right down to it. Yeah. But, this, but I, I mean, it, this sounds like the Ed Wood of video games, and it sounds like a piece of shit. I mean, is there? You were telling me earlier that it was the it was a paragon of shitty, shitty game design. I mean, is there one thing that stands out at you this game other than the story in terms of sheer game mechanics that no game, every game developer from this point on should learn from and never, ever, ever do again? <laughs> um, let's. See. I'm just noticing like the real low production value. Um, the game, I don't think, was really fully debugged because, as I was telling Aaron, uh, I was fighting. Of course, one it of wasn't. The... It was fucking full of bugs. Oh, you son of a bitch! At island. Oh, you see what I did there? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, just unpodzoid, the... wackity schmackity. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, where's my katana? I need to go kill myself. Yeah, uh, I think you should have done that before you played Bug Island, or at least halfway through. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a that's a response that's prompted by the playing, not so much a joke about it, you know. But yeah, I, I know, guess. Teach his own. They, they should have just given the Wiimote attachment for it, uh, right? With the- <laughs> God <laughs> help us all. But um, I don't know. Like the game wasn't debugged, as I was telling Aaron. Um, you know, I'm fighting one of these giant apes. And I'm throwing rocks at his face, but. I sort of step out of the zone where it triggers his appearance. But the sound effects and like all the actions are still there, just the model isn't. So I hear this giant ape like chasing me around for half the stage, <laughs> but he's not there. That's incredible. Okay, well, I'd like to open it up to, to Aaron and Jim then. I mean, I don't think any of us have probably played games as bad as, as Escape from Bug Island, but has there... Has there any been? Has there ever been a game that you've played that was so bad that you learned a little bit something about not, something you never want to see again in a game? Aaron, oh, I wonder. Oh, Jim. Yeah. No, no, no. Let Aaron go first. I was just. No, 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 a... no, Jim. Please, I, I need a minute to I think. Anyway, so go ahead. Instinct. Okay. Um, I could wonder I what game guess? I've played that could have been that shit. I'll take an S. <laughs> Are there any take... S's on the board? Is there a P? <laughs> Does it rhyme with Mace Morath? <laughs> Actually, you, you see, it could be Space Giraffe. It could be Mass Effect. You don't know. I'm a man of complex mystery. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Space Giraffe. <laughs> Actually, I will, I will um, pull a twist, a twist in the tile, and say that the game actually makes me think of um, Red Ninja. I don't know if any of you have ever played Red Ninja. A game that tried to be uh, Metal Gear Solid and Prince of Persia and was neither, spectacularly neither. Wait, did um, the uh, main character have like gigantic tits? Of course she had gigantic tits. Okay, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look the thing you mentioned the tits and we're all like, oh yeah, sure, that one, yeah, okay. That one, that one yes. Even at the five pounds that my. Because um, my brother got it actually. Um, which is true, I didn't get it for the tits. Um, but my brother got it, but even at five pounds, it just no. It, you couldn't even... If a game's that bad, I've got to be able to at least wank over the excuse that the game was had, and I couldn't even do that. And I got to, like, level four, and you actually can't get any further than level four. Because of the way the level is designed, you can't go any further. <laughs> that's that's it. That's the end of the game. You are trapped in a cave and cannot get out. And then I gave up. And I tried to take it. I tried to like um, when I was selling off and exchanging a load of stuff. I for some reason that oh yeah, my fucking brother gave me the game. That's it, the bastard. He let me have it, which meant it was mine now, and I had to deal with it somehow. <laughs> so I tried taking it to the store with a load of other games to part exchange, and they wouldn't take it. They're like, this game's too shitty? Well, they made some excuse up, like... They they made up some excuse, like, the the barcode wasn't recognised on their machine. (laughs) Almost as if if the game doesn't exist, like it's some (laughs) curse to me. Like, Droopy, you know, you try and bury Droopy the dog in the ocean, and then you run to your house, and then he's there going, hello, bub. So that's pretty much what Red Ninja is. It's fucking Droopy the dog. Um, Except not adorable, assumedly. Yeah. There's that Not fun and for the whole family. Gift. Have any of you ever played Gift? Gift? 
gift. Mm, now that is, so. yeah, that is really obscure. I don't think anyone's ever fucking heard of it. But it was on the PS2, and again, I got it for like two pounds. Um, and I can't even describe it. It was like an it's this weird platformer with this really interesting idea of like some enemies. Um, die in the light and live in the shadows. Some enemies live in the shadow, die in the light, blah, 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 like that. But, wow, it was amazingly bad. You were like, like this little red E.T.-like character who moved like E.T. as well, so he just like wobbled around and couldn't really jump very well. So, of course, the entire levels were filled with fucking platforms over chasms that you kept falling into. Um, oh, sure. That was... Of course, um, but that was really shit. But yeah, but I think Red Ninja is—it was just spectacularly bad, and it was just—it was everything that was wrong with stealth and action and tits and games. Aaron, what about you? Um, well, you know, I don't know. I, I did we talk about Kingdom Under Fire, uh, Circle of Doom last week at all? We didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Okay, great. So this is a perfect opportunity to bring that up. Um, I, uh, I I received a copy of Kingdom Under Fire Circle of Doom, and uh, it's one of the most wretched games I've ever played in my life. Like, it's like I played the demo and thought, ah, this is pretty limited, but maybe it gets better. It doesn't get any fucking better. And Jim and I were actually talking about this, and the reason being is um, the, the SP. Like, uh, the basically the amount of points that you have a, a certain number of points that you, you know, that will build as you level up. And uh, you're, it, <clears throat> these points are allocated to every attack that you make. So it's like every time you swing a certain weapon, it will use up X amount of SP. Um, and you have a limited amount, of course. And it, it, and it regenerates based upon the equipment that you currently have you know, on your person. So it's like you know, a weapon will consume you know, 26 SP with every strike and regain about like what? I don't know. Some, a lot of the really shitty ones have like 4.6 or something. So, you know, you end up spending a great deal of time running around, like, waiting for your SP to recharge. And there are plenty of weapons, you know, there are ways to, around that. I mean, there are plenty of weapons to have faster recharge rates, and those, of course, are the rare weapons um, that are, uh, you know, a little bit harder to find, a little more expensive if you buy them. But, like, but Jim and I were talking about this, and we both kind of figured that that is exactly how to make a game like that not fun. You know, if you look mm-hmm. at a game like... Um, uh, uh, Gauntlet, or, you know, or any of the Dynasty Warriors games, or Diablo... You know, half of the fun is just... I mean, like, if you're going to make a mindless uh, hack-and-slash kind of uh, adventure RPG game where basically there's no rhyme or reason to destroying, you know, a thousand or two thousand enemies in a single... You know, in the span of a single game. If you're going to do something like that, you better make the combat actually fun. And, And attaching this bullshit, like, you know, attack meter thing to it was, like, an easy route to making it, like, the most unfun experience I've had all year. It's yeah. uh, God, I hated that game. I was see, really disappointed. Uh, see, that's an idea you can integrate into other games effectively. Like, um, I really loved it when they had that in Hoshigami. The uh, the whole, you know, you have a meter where you can either go and you could attack someone four or five times in a single turn, but it'll take a hell of a lot longer to come back to your turn. And I mean, it's, right, right. Well, it's I mean. RPG. See, and it'd be one thing if you had the option of saying, like, okay, I'm going to swing this weapon, and, uh, you know, it'll consume this much. The, see, the, it's, not, it's not as though the, uh, the, you don't have, like, separate SP for, you know, different weapons. It all comes from the same pool. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're, you're pretty much limited to, like, you know, if you have the wrong weapon, weapons equipped, your, your strikes are just, like, you know, a few of them, and then you have to go recharge if you don't have decent ones. And, you know, um, as opposed to just, like, saying, you know, like, well, this one takes... A, like, they have... Uh, 
uh, individual charge meters for like special abilities and such. And if it was something like that, but on the weapons, and then just did away with the SP thing altogether, that would have made me really happy. You yeah, know, I mean, that's because what I, that's what I said to you last night, wasn't it? I said if yeah, you, yeah, yeah, because you you equip two weapons at any one time, and there's a different button assigned to each one. So you can like press the um, X button to swing some katanas you've got on you, or an A button to swing like a bigger sword you have, and. Mm-hmm. You have one SP bar for both those weapons. If you just had separate SP bars for each weapon, straight away, not only have you relieved the stress of having to run around unable to attack or do anything while skeletons kick your ass, you've also, just in the space of one extra little tweak, made the game far more tactical and interesting and probably would have avoided all the, oh, it's um, you know just repetitive bullshit because you'd have actually had to think about what weapons you use and everything. And yeah. I came up with that idea in the space of a minute playing that fucking demo. And if I can develop a better game than an entire company in the space of a fucking minute, <laughs> what the fuck are they being paid for, and why the hell am I not being paid enough? Well, you know, it's it's interesting, though, that, like, uh, from what I've heard of developers, you know, especially developers that, you know, happen upon, you know... Their their project turns out a little bit less than they expect because you know you spend so much time working on one game it's really difficult to see its flaws and that's why you get a lot of you know developers that do extensive playtesting like you know Valve who I mean the shit a ton of their R and D is wrapped up in just testing um, and uh, but you know so if you take a step back I mean if you have someone else look at it and say well this is wrong you know but I don't know I can see a twisted way in which one might believe a game like Kingdom Under Fire is fun but you know if it's not your baby I just you know if it's if it's not something you've poured blood sweat and tears into it's like you know as was the case for me it's like I can it's pretty plain to see that that game was just utter shit This sort of goes back to the conversation we were having a bunch of podtoids ago about Lair and how they managed to release it with the oh, yeah. of they thought they were so sure it was good just because they couldn't see the forest for the trees anymore they couldn't look at it with fresh eyes like we were it's just so blatantly fucking obvious, though. I mean, if why give me a hack-and-slash game where I cannot hack-and-slash without being brutally punished for it? It's, it, just, it defies logic. It goes against the entire basis of the game. I mean, oh, it's, just, just guys, if you ever want to do a game like Dynasty Warriors or with a lot of enemies, just phone me up first and ask for my permission to do it because I consider myself something of, you know, some... Someone with a lot of experience in the field, just let me play your game first, and I'll let you know when it's okay to release it. Okay, <laughs> ciao. So Jim, you've got a you've got a custom controller for Dynasty Warriors, right? It's just a big button that you keep pressing over and over. We made it's this joke a, already. It's a brick. Oh, it? It's a brick. No, no, no the joke we made was that. Oh yeah, no, we did make that joke. We also made the joke that Jim should just watch uh, the History the History Channel. Channel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I think is a superior a joke because I made it. Yeah. <laughs> pretty fucking, it was pretty fucking epic. Dynasty Warriors, <laughs> Dynasty Warriors 6 coming out soon, though. That'll, that'll make me feel better after the Kingdom. Fucking, I almost said Kingdom Under Hearts. Kingdom Under Fire debacle. Oh, I can't wait. I smell a crossover. Um, I, I don't think I've ever played games as bad as the ones you guys are talking about. I consider myself lucky for that. But I, um, you know the, the, the Neversoft game, Gun, it was supposed to be like Grand Theft Auto, but like a Western Oh, sure. I almost yeah, sure. bought that once. What would you say? I said I almost bought that once. I saw it in the shop and was desperate. Oh, the word almost is the, key, is, is the best part of that sentence. Because, I mean, it's not, it's not like outright awful, but it's, I had some of the this, this sort of same epiphany that you did, Jim, upon you know three seconds of playing it. 
the game's flaws were so immensely obvious that I just I wanted to like cry or or kill the developers, preferably both. But it's I mean. You shoot a couple people and you get this like bullet time bar because every game now has to have a fucking bullet time. Except it it goes in the first person. You have unlimited ammo for both your revolvers. Every every shot is one shot kill, and your firing rate is that of a machine gun. So all you have to do is like look at <laughs> die. Awesome. The rest of the game is just like that. It's- Let me guess, and there's like no spread when it comes to the bullets. Right, it goes right to where you aim. Exactly. It's I mean it's it's it, it, it they, within five seconds they they ruin the game's purpose for existing. There's no challenge whatsoever. I had, I had to go through the entire game willing myself not to do it just to get a good game. This is like what you were talking about uh, earlier, Aaron, where you, you have to make your own fun in games that are shit, like what people were suggesting with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, which is a horrible fucking thing to say. Yeah. Moving on to our next topic, one console to rule them all, essentially. David Jaffe was saying we need only one console in the future to make things easier for consumers, and Square Enix came back by saying that's, that's you're, you're being a child, Jaffe as most people want to say after Jaffe says anything. So my question is, where do you guys stand on this? Jim, I know you had a lot to say about this, this issue. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I talked about it the other day on the front page. Um, I'm with Square Enix on this one, which is very rare, because as much as I like their games, I hate Square Enix, the company, um, sometimes, just in case they're listening. Sometimes I hate <laughs> you. Sometimes I love you. Um, just stop releasing stuff. But um, I'm with Square Enix on this. I think, I mean, Yoichi Wada and a lot of the other people there. Did I pronounce that right, Brad? Uh, I think so. Sweet. A lot of the, um, <laughs> a lot of the people uh, at Square have been quite outspoken lately. They've been saying quite a lot of stuff, um, which I actually respect. I like some of the stuff they're saying, which is being said at the risk of pissing people off, especially some of the stuff they said about that whole casual hardcore shit, um, which I don't completely agree with, but... Anyway, with on this subject, I agree with Square Enix completely. Uh, I think I think a lot of the talk about people wanting just one console to develop for is just them being lazy and not really seeing the wood for the trees, as as it were. Because I don't know, I just think having choice in the games industry is very important, as it is in most markets. Having an alternative rather than a monopoly is just, it's always going to be business sense. And I think David Jaffe is a communist. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it, yeah. I mean, he he seems to have the attitude toward the idea of one console, as if you know that one console, whoever ran that one console, would be completely benevolent, and that the world is awesome, and that you know money grows on trees and fairies exist, and all that bullshit. And it's just it's a cute idea in theory, but it doesn't even begin to work when you try to apply it to the real world. I think it's also well, like you have to also consider the fact that you know if you. If for, to make everyone happy, like if if there was some sort of consortium of of developers that you know came up with like the one standard console, it would be ridiculously expensive because it would have to you know <clears throat> um, it it would have to feature you know every possible you know uh, hardware standard that every, everyone would want. It would have to be constantly updated because you know things. It would just it would be like a PC essentially, or worse yet, it could be like the 3DO, you know, where you do have multiple um, uh, manufacturers going at it at varying price points with different features. You know, and there would still be kind of like inter, you know, I'm sure there would be like, you know, there'd be the one console with, you know, like, but it would be like Nintendo's version of it, which would have, you know, some additional, uh, you know, tacked on something or other on it. And, you know, they and they in turn would go to some publisher and say, hey, listen, this game that you're doing, um, if you want to incorporate, you know, it would have to play on all of them. But if you want to incorporate some super awesome, you know, 
feature just for ours, you know, we'll you know throw some extra money or some you know extra love your way or something like that. I mean, it would still end up being uh, you know favorites would still be played and there would still be some divide between you know if it was just one manufacturer and one console, you know. But like Jim said, you know that that completely eliminates choice, which really sucks because. You know, not everyone wants the graphical powerhouse. I mean, some some people just want a Wii because it's simple and basic and easy to do and cheap. You know, and there's not a lot of room for experimentation if everybody's playing the same goddamn. Con- we wouldn't have a Wii if from 1990 to 2000 we had had, you know, the PlayStation, GameCube, Saturn cast. Mm-hmm. Box. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta add an Xbox in there somewhere. Yeah, I know. I was missing something. I apologize. Engage, color, camera, <laughs> Gizmondo. <laughs> but are we in all in agreement with this? I guess there's no, there's really nothing to argue about. Yeah, really, I mean, no. like uh, Jonathan really had the opposite thought that you know it'd be great because it'd be like the PC market, but you know, it, it like Aaron was saying, it's incredibly impossible to you know actually publish. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but it's different there because Jonathan's oh, new. Sorry. <laughs> Jonathan's new. He'll soon become cynical and jaded like us. That's right. Well, yeah. What it really is. But, but you know, there is even with the PC market, there is some degree of choice. I mean, I don't have to buy a four hundred dollar graphics card. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to have a top of the line system to run. You know, I don't have to play Crisis essentially, and which you know, I can play games. You know, like uh, I can play games uh, that require only a certain you know degree of of you know EPness to run, and you know that's that in itself is a choice. But you really don't get that with a, a single console standard. I mean, you the price of admission would be a single price, and that would be the standard, and then whatever came out after that, you know. And on top of that, like you know, as as we've mentioned, they're just the variety would take a real real kick in the nuts, and yeah, fuck that. That's a bad way to be, and I hope it never happens. All right. If we, if we sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to end it, but no, if you got something to say, it's great. No, no, I was going to say, we'd probably end up with the problems we have with PC gaming. I mean, the reason I don't PC game is like Aaron said, I mean, you don't have to have a, some high-end PC if all you want to play is Dungeon Keeper. Then you're sorted, but, you know, anything above and beyond that, you you get fucked. It'd probably, be, it'd probably end up like that. You'd still have a shitload of consoles to buy with different specs. It's, as Yoichi Wada said, it's impossible to have what, you know, David Jaffe, Dennis Jack wants. It just, it just, it's not feasible. Mm-hmm. I think that's the silver lining to this whole argument is, I mean, no matter, no matter how much we talk about it, it's fucking never, ever, ever going to happen, for one. Right. Really well, how would, how would you get companies to agree to something like that? I mean, you yeah. would have to, it would, it would be like, you know, whoever comes out on top of the console, you know, war of attrition, essentially, is that, you know, if, if you outlasted the other, if, if, for some, if for some reason, you know, Sony collapsed and Nintendo was, Bought by Microsoft, then maybe we'll see something like this. But you know, with the numbers being are what they uh, being what they are right now, and with the feature being as unexpected as this last generation has been, and as this one has been, you know, it's I, I really doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, the only way I can see that happening is if uh, David Jaffe went up to the president of Nintendo, suggested this idea of teaming up with Microsoft, and then the Nintendo president laughed so hard he had a fucking heart attack, <laughs> and then Bill Gates took fucking over. <laughs> But, I, yeah, I guess that wraps that up, unless anybody's got anything else to say. Nope. Shortest discussion topic ever. So, moving right on into... Actually, that, that's, that's a good thing, because I imagine we'll all have a lot to say about this. But moving on into the, the Mass Effect gay sex that wasn't. Uh, Kevin McCullough, a super conservative uh, pundit 
I, I mean, pundit is, you know, sort of implies that he's somebody who listens to him, but that's not really the case until this last week. But he was basically saying that in Mass Effect, and he was he was he was t- tying this into the presidential race as an issue because in a, in a time of war, that's the one thing we need to be talking about when elections come around is is sex in video games. But he was saying that. There is graphic, evil, gay sex in Mass Effect that's trying to turn the youths of America... Filthy, evil, gay sex. Yeah, with aliens. That sounds kind of hot. It does. It was fucking hot. I wish that was... If if Mass Effect had evil fucking gay sex in it, then I'd have given it more than a (laughs) 4.0. I yeah, but I, Jim, you know, I mean, you know the, about the fallout from the story and what what happened after he posted the original piece of shit. So I mean, um, yeah, basically he uh, realized that everybody knew he was a liar because it wasn't just because usually these people, their audience is what people with the mindset of nineteen forties housewives who just blindly squawk and clap at anything these people say. But people with some actual fucking brains read this one and exposed him as a complete and utter liar and or fucknut and he realized, oh shit, I've been found out. I'm gonna have to correct a few of my blatant lies, which he semi did but didn't quite. And basically he fulfilled Penny Arcade's prophecy that he's now going to try and milk this for what it's worth and do what Jack Thompson does and just call us all. Um, I think he tried to insinuate that what we gamers really truly want at the end of the day is bestiality. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's basically now just trying to badmouth gamers as much as he can to keep the attention going, which is part of the reason why I haven't followed up on the story on Detroit because unlike Jack Thompson, he doesn't make me laugh. He's not being very funny, so he's not entertaining enough to warrant the attention he's trying desperately to seek. Do you think he was outright lying when he wrote that original article, or do you think he was just too stupid to do the research? He had to have lied. There's... Well, didn't he admit to having not played the game himself? Yeah, I think he was getting it off of some other source. Right. So it's not necessarily, uh, I don't know, maybe he didn't lie, but he definitely admitted to being, you know, misinformed or not directly, uh, having no direct experience with the game. I mean, as if there was any doubt. He still, he, yeah, after admitting that, though, he still said, but I'm right, everything I said is still true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The darn. But um, Dexter345 brought up in the comments a really good question that... Um, I, I'm interested to see how you guys feel about it. When when douchebags like this come up, and Jim already sort of answered this, but do we combat by guys like this and guys like Jack Thompson? Do we combat them by just ignoring them and hoping they go away, or by calling them out in the public sphere as the the, the fucktards and the frauds that they are? Aaron. Well, I think in this day and age, we don't really have a choice, do we? I mean, so long as something becomes publicized, like you know, uh, I guess. Uh, Nowadays, it's like if something gets posted on like you know NeoGaf or what have you, it's it's bound to people are going to just riot and and you know fling a bunch of comments to say you stupid fuck you know fuck you we're going to kill you whatever um, you know the things that we can control as you know we as you know professionals uh, you know working in the uh, in the you know, as as complete and utter hacks in the games journalism industry um, it can do is you know we can actually choose not not to or you know to, to cover it or not to cover it. But the thing is, there's always going to be someone who's going to cover it because if you, you know, we can't all just kind of uniformly say, oh, it's like, oh, we're not going to do that. You know, because there's always going to be someone who says, well, that's fucking traffic. I'll do it. You know, and so in this case, it's like, I think it's kind of a, I mean, these asshats are always going to get the exposure that they want, you know, if they say the right things. I think that 
in this case, I I definitely wouldn't bother writing on it. Like, and I haven't just because, you know, not only do I think this guy's wrong, I think he's dangerous. Like, it's, you know, uh, he's used to. It. I mean, if you if your audience is just a handful of Christian, you know, radio stations, I mean, you can say any amount of crazy shit you want, and not get called on it. And no one will really mind. But you know, the as the exposure on this kind of bullshit widens, I mean, if people who are not who don't have a realistic grasp of what games are about, particularly Mass Effect and what the context was, you know, of that scene and what have you. It's like, uh, it can really do some damage. So I'd prefer that people didn't post about it. That's true, but I think people are going to post about it, write about it, talk about it, argue with them. You know, shit, the article that he posted, 921 comments. You know, it's it's not something that we can really avoid. As soon as it becomes exposed, people are just going to go apeshit on it. But wait, wasn't a lot of that driven because um, the guys at Penny Arcade pointed to it and said, you know, unleash hell? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's always going to be someone who either, you know, um, sends the masses towards them or, you know, just or just posts on it and they go there themselves. I mean, it's like the thing is, it, it's I don't think we're ever going to be able to completely ignore this kind of shit, because if it's if it's acerbic enough and inflammatory enough, there's always going to be at least one major outlet who's going to report on it. And then, you know, as soon as they do, someone else will, and everyone will just head towards this place and give it the exposure that they so sorely, you know, desire after, you know. Yeah, but I, I think that's just like, it, it's something that we can just sort of accept and, you know, sort of go through the motions with. It, it's better than letting it just sit there and then letting someone else pick it up, thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, I might as well run with this being completely uninformed. And, you know, imagine if, like, Fox News or someone picked that story up and, you know, uh, like, there weren't the 800, you know, the 900 comments saying, you know, uh, you're completely wrong about this well, and, you know. But why, uh, why would Fox News pick up the story if it hadn't already garnered a lot of shit on the Internet? I mean, that's how Jack Thompson got onto Fox News so many times. Yeah, but I think it's because Jack Thompson was doing a bit more than just being a pundit. He was, you know, actually, like, taking things to trial. I think that's why. And plus he had been at this – Jack Thompson had been at this for a long while. So I, I think those two factors more than just the internet giving them shit about it. So, so are you saying just ignore it and, and leave it be or are you saying attack them? I think we should deal – we should just attack them and deal with it because if nothing else um, – it if you look at the comments on some of these internet things, it should provide a warning to someone with you know a quarter of a brain that you know maybe we shouldn't pick up this story and run with it unless we want to just get the in- intense amount of flaming. I mean, yeah, if someone's going to be a traffic digger, they're going to be a traffic digger. Doesn't matter what they'll they'll make up their claims. So you know, it's 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 always going to be here on the internet. Jim, what do you think? Not to sound like the sinful, cigar-chomping, capitalist fat cat that I am, but as someone who covers Jack Thompson quite a bit and covers a lot of like the negative and reactionary people, I think well, they should be covered, because at the end of the day, we're a business, and they're good for business. 
that's that simple. These people, they're fucking retards, and they probably don't deserve the kind of attention they get. But at the end of the day, they entertain our readers. You know, Jack Thompson, he's a fucking joke. He's a fucking clown. And it's funny to cover some of the madcap shit he does. So you I'll think they're ultimately harmless? Well, I think I think it's a symbiotic relationship. This is something I've said before. Um, when it comes to Jack Thompson, you look at the way he and game politics almost work together. Now, they don't like each other. You know, he's always threatening to sue them. They're always calling, you know, calling him on his bullshit. But they are almost working together. It's a relationship they have, a business relationship. They give him the attention he really desires and craves, and they get some pretty interesting and funny stories out of him. And, you know, that's why I think these people are good for business, because they're not only fucking retards who eventually, you know, their lies and bullshit will get... how do I how do I word this? But um, basically, they're they're disputing things that basically are not true and can be proven with fact. If enough of us get a voice loud enough to dispute those facts, which is half the problem, because most most of us gamers get very bored very easily, um, and stuff just doesn't happen. Like gamers or, for or gaming, for instance. Shit, but, or, um, they, or they freak I out. I forgot and they, about that. They call them a, well, yeah. But I mean that that or they we don't do anything or they call him out like he like he did in his follow up piece and say they want to fuck his dead body and then he takes that quote out of context. Well, not out of yeah, context. That, he takes yeah. that <laughs> rational stuff. There's not too many contexts you can take out when to fuck your dead body, but yeah. I mean, to be honest, as as shitty as Jack Thompson is, I'll give him his due. He knows how to get attention and he knows how to get on television. And sometimes I think that even though. It would be lowering ourselves to his level, as some people would say. Maybe the games, the games industry needs their own version of him, like an anti-Jack, like the good one from another dimension who actually argues with sense. And isn't that just he's able to, to get attention? Job? Well, I've tried. <laughs> I'm, but, but based on what you were saying earlier about uh, how this guy Kevin isn't isn't funny like Jack, Jack Thompson is, is that? I mean, are you not going to try to cover more of his shit now? It's difficult. It's um, basically, I just, I'm like, I just, I don't think he's that important. He's not that important. He's a minuscule, pathetic, sad little man who is going to be forgotten about next week. Mm, he's, yeah. Well, and, he's, and like most pundits, you know, his, uh, the only thing that he can really do is like, you know, publish. Whereas Jack Thompson would actually, you know, as you mentioned earlier, would actually bring suits and, you know, he was an active force. Whereas this guy is very much just a yeah he's yeah. he's little more than just a voice on the internet. I think Basically, these um these last paragraphs from his article really clinch it for me in terms of what his what he wants to do. Uh, look, if the gamers need outlets to find adult-oriented gaming options and make them drive to the outskirts of town and be forced to frequent those places that no one wants in the community, no one wants in the community to get them. That made sense. By properly removing sexually explicit material from Best Buy, Circuit City, and Walmart, we take a step one did not need to be that one did, did not need to be explained only a few years ago in pushing back against the tidal wave of trashy, cheap sex that is society has ruled harmless and thus meaningless. God didn't design it that way, and no matter how many gamer nerds spam my inbox with profane dreams of seeing my dead corpse sodomized, dot dot dot, I will always speak up! Exclamation point. I assume his fist is thrust in the air triumphantly as he. Yeah. As yeah, he's just—he's a fucking freedom fighter, man. I bet his mom's proud. Every time I get nervous about being a radical liberal, I read a paragraph like that, and it just makes it all feel good again. He's more fucking self-aggrandizing than I am, prick. <laughs> Trying to take and my 
trying to take my yob is what he's trying to do. <laughs> I'm Fuck never that. having the. I'll, I'll never let him on the podcast if that comforts you at all. That does make me feel a bit better. Um, God, he should meet up with the guy who writes my hate site. I think they'd get along like a fucking house on fire. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's he's. I think I'm totally with what Tycho Brass said today. He um he wrote on Penny Arcade about. Just this is what this guy wants. It's the largest audience he's ever had and is probably going to ever have. And with a bit of luck, we will not see hide nor hair of him next week. Because the internet, especially gamers on the internet, are a fickle bunch who get bored very easily. And hopefully we just get bored of this fuck, because I am already. Oh, we will. That's, that's for sure. All right, does anybody else have anything to say about that, or should we move on to reader questions? Yeah, let's do that. Reader question. Let's, let's let this dipshit like fade into obscurity the right way. Right. Okay. First off, we're gonna have two really quick ones because um, one because they're not really related to gaming. Uh, first, Nihon Tiger ninety asks: Is Hillary Clinton more evil than George W. Bush? Aaron, what do you think? Are you shitting me? No, I want. I. I we have no. Do you, chance do you really to, want me to answer this? I honestly do because we have no chance to talk about politics otherwise. And based on how angry we were about, during the New Hampshire primaries, I want to hear you put it on the air. I. 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 Okay, Hillary Clinton scares me, and and it it frightens me. <laughs> I don't. Okay, look. I. I don't like George W. Bush. Yay, I said it. I'm a Democrat. Whatever. Big deal. Okay, there's the politics out of the way. But like, here's the thing. I, I can't. I refuse to believe that the that the pollsters were that wrong. Like, she fucking cried and she won. Like, how how retarded are American voters? That's all it takes. It's like, oh, she just you know. Uh, see, that's I'm gonna stop. But I, yeah, I'm voting for Obama. Yeah, <laughs> vote Obama. What do you think, Brad? That's right. Um, I to be honest, like I haven't really followed this election all too closely. I've only just started getting into it. Um, I really. Don't give a shit about Hillary being oh the first female president, um, mostly because she just she does scare me a little bit. Um, be, well, I mean, it's just she'll go back and forth over things, and really, this whole uh, racial argument that went back between Obama and Hillary the other day, I, I heard that and I was like, I don't want to vote for either of them. I, I really. If they're honestly going to start getting into that sort of bickering, I'm turned off to both of them. So oh, you really haven't been following politics for a while. <laughs> it's well, no, no. It's just that the the fact that I knew like the, it's been a racial argument, but just like how much media attention that got, and it, I don't know. It, I didn't really want to vote for either of them, anyways. Um, I was thinking of going for Edwards, but so I mean, I'll have to see who actually uh, wins out for the um, nomination. Okay. Well, I assume you don't have anything to say about that, Jim, right? Hillary Clinton is the woman who does that stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, she does all that stuff. Ah, she sweet. does that. That's cool. Who's if that she gets one? elected, we won't be able to do our stuff anymore. Who? Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't like games, does she? Fuck her. I'll take no, the she's... other one. The one who looks yeah. like a chimp. He's, he's, <laughs> he's the one who's less evil. Oh, dear. Um... No, who's that guy? Is it Ron Barack Paul? Obama, is the black one? No, no, no. Who's that? Is it oh God! I thought that's no. why I thought you were calling him a chimp because he was black. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God! No, I thought this was between. No, I thought you said who's more evil, Hillary. Well, Clinton that's or that. Now that, that settles it. Jim's a racist George, fuck. 
George oh, no, Bush yeah, is the one who looks like a chimp. Yeah, he does look he's like a chimp. He's got chimp he ears and little wrinkled, <laughs> sentimental chimp face. I wasn't calling Barack Obama fucking Barmer a chimp. I, 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 I just... I, I feel bad Jesus. that I love it. That's no, 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 no. Jim, Jim, we understand. It's just that that was like the funniest 15 seconds I've ever heard out of you. Because I was like, oh my god! Jim's... Jim's fucking jump the shark. This is it. This is the end. This is the end. Back to the days of of, of Mexican racism on Podtoid. We've just right. no, different no. I was groups. gonna. I mean, I don't know much about American politics, but um, I think isn't Ron Paul the the one who is Republican, right? Yeah, he's libertarian, and, kind of. So yeah, yeah, that's you see, that's because I I consider myself libertarian. So that's why I like him, because he's the guy who said, even though he's morally against abortion, he respects people's right to do it. And to see someone like that who doesn't want to infuse their religious beliefs into politics is someone I respect. Just thought I'd throw that in there. I can dig it. All right, moving on to a question that I'm just going to answer really quickly, if only for anecdotal reasons. Meta Ridley asked, which out of everyone there has the most evil-sounding laugh? Chad Kinselmo, period, ask him about it. He'll do it for you at some point. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's pretty yeah. fucked up. He he did it in the fucking staff meeting yesterday, and it scared the shit out of me. Oh god! Well, I, the, in the yeah, the most that alarming thing about it was football. I couldn't tell I couldn't tell where it came from. I could have sworn it was you, Anthony. I thought it was me too. <laughs> <laughs> Until he said, "Shut the fuck up, Reverend." I didn't know it was it was Chad. Because yeah, wasn't it when he laughed, it came out of all of our mouths at the same <laughs> time. That was it was weird. I just felt possessed. All I could think about was dolphins pecking someone to death and I, just this <laughs> laughter came out of my mouth and it was Chad it was, I'm going to try to bother the Retroforce Go guys and make Chad's laugh the, the intro and outro soundbite for the next episode so stay tuned <laughs> um, here's a real question from Grumpy Turtle he asks how do you think the internet has affected video games and video game journalism if we were back in the days of magazines we probably would have never heard about Yoda or Darth Vader we just wouldn't have believed it so how do, what do you think the, the web has taken away and given to Gaming, Jim. It's giving me a fucking job, so hurrah! <laughs> People listen to me now. <laughs> they don't just think I'm a strange man in the park. <laughs> well, they still think that, but they also yeah. think it's not you know. just that anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now that I'm actually employed, I get taken seriously. But um, I don't know. It's obviously I'm not going to say it's bad because it's helped me tremendously and help gamers, I think, connect and, and talk to each other. I think gaming has become far more social than it was in ye olde days, when it was basically the the hobby of shut-ins and Warhammer 40,000 collectors. But it's... I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's opened up discussion. Not all of it's been good. You know, we've had... It just brings a lot of idiots to the table. But I don't know. I think it's it's been good for us and, and bloggers as well. I think... The rise of the blogs has given voices to real gamers and gamers that are independent like ourselves who are not afraid to say true things and call Jeff Minter a fucking clit hammer. And oh, it's it's good for us. It's 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 good. It's it gives a voice that I think gamers can trust more. I I, I don't know. I, I think it's also uh um I mean I agree. That's very true. But I think also I don't know if this is necessarily a bad thing, but it has it uh, the um, the proliferation of, of online gaming communities and uh, the the fact that you know more gamers likely uh, will you know 
don't don't bother subscribing to magazines anymore, or at least read magazines on the toilet like I do, which is great because I can't do that with the internet because I don't have a laptop with uh, a, a, a Wi-Fi connection that works well. Um, but you know, uh, the fact that we uh, get our news on demand and so quickly, and the the reaction is always so immediate and so strong that you know um, communities and gamers. You know, individuals and groups alike are having a, a very profound influence on what's actually done in development, um, the way things are marketed, uh, just basically all the stuff that we really never had. Uh, the, the the effects were delayed by months and months um, when it was just magazines and that kind of thing and mailing lists and and you know even in the internet's pre you know early early years you know like you know up until like you know the late nineties. Things have changed so much since then because all it takes now is like you know just one community like breaking some news, everyone freaking out, and then you know you probably won't notice it immediately, but eventually, I mean, uh, the direction of a game's very core development can be steered in a completely different direction, and that's a power that we never had before. I, I don't know necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily call that good or bad because it can be good or bad, and sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. But you know, it it really depends. Mr. Rice. Um. I don't know. I just I like the internet community simply because it allows a lot more back and forth discussion. Um, I feel like it's forced uh, developers to pay a lot more attention to uh, the fans and sort of our feedback. So I think overall, it's really helped the games industry by you know giving us what we want and you know hopefully bringing out new ideas. And I mean. If you didn't really have the whole sort of internet uh, boom to games, uh, we probably wouldn't get Portal. That would just sort of, you know, stay a little mod in someone's basement that was passed around on a couple of CDs. So that's pretty much my thought. I can dig it. Um, Final question for tonight, or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. FPS Johnny asks, and this is completely unrelated to anything, but... Looking at the different aspects of game design in a game, what do you think makes characters memorable and, and likable? Not necessarily, I mean, I, I, and please don't say Sephiroth because I will fucking kill myself. But, I mean, Brad, what, what, what characters do you like in games and why, why do you think you, you did like them? Um, that's that's kind of hard to think. I mean, I, I think it's really all constructed about like, what the story is. The less... The less the protagonist actually talks, the the better sort of relationship I guess I can uh, deal with. I don't know. I mean, actually, no, screw that. Um, For some reason, like, I get really attached to certain characters when I'm playing with them in Disgaea. You know, just like the random characters that you create and you just sort of level up. And it's just... I, I think it's just that arbitrary performance with them and... Uh, their success in battle and I you know I'll start yelling at them like you know you're a worthless piece of shit and or, or praising characters for actually doing well it, and they don't say anything they just follow the commands that I give them it's I, I can't exactly explain why that happens it just sort of does I think it, it's really based around what sort of situation they're put in that creates my like or dislike of them does that make any sense? What's all? It what, it made so? a sort of sense, yes. So wait, is, <laughs> so the, is I, the question? I'm never be able to get that mental image of of you screaming at your, <clears throat> your TV in praise and both in condemnation out of my mind for a while. But... 
Sorry, what were you saying here? Oh, is is the question uh, uh, to name characters that we no, no, you not, know not really not. like, or, or characteristics of those characters, or what makes a character? What what makes a likable character? Oh God! Well, you know, answering that, I can see. I was I was going to make a joke if if it was about like specific characters. I was going to say that my favorite was Ty the Tasmanian Tiger and and give three bulleted reasons why, but um, that's not. Well, true. Go ahead, do it. Pretend pretend that's what I said. Just let's no go. fuck that. The time has passed. I can't. Um, <laughs> we missed. We missed a golden opportunity. Um, I, I guess I don't know. I think it really. Uh, I guess it it varies from game to game. Like I, when Brad mentioned the whole disguise thing, I actually thought that yeah, it's strange. But you know, playing Final Fantasy Tactics, I I felt extremely attached to some of my random characters. But um, I hey, just to just to interrupt you for a second there. Um, when you were playing, did you like dislike the special characters that they always threw at you in the game? I uh, I didn't dislike them. I like I I liked uh, Agrius because she was good and uh, uh, Thunder God Sid was pretty great. Fucking uh, pretty a pretty great character too. So uh, eh, I didn't really dislike them. I just didn't well, I mean, care. it's just like I, I felt like they kept throwing so many special characters at me in, in tactics and not letting me keep the characters that I had built up. And so I, I came to resent those characters because it was essentially saying, well, yeah, these guys are so much more effective in battle, but I don't get to use the people who I, you yeah. know, played half the game with. Yeah, but as as for characters that are actually designed and scripted, I mean, I guess uh, uh, writing is a huge part of it because, you know, it's just like any other medium where if you don't create a, a character that is memorable and likable for whatever reason, and there are plenty – um, it's not going to be a memorable or likable character for your for your end user base. Um, so if you look at a character like you know like Glados in uh, in Portal, you know that's a good example of a character that was written well, had a great deal of personality despite being you know what is essentially an artificial intelligence. But um, it's creating a, a memorable character comes down to you know so many different factors that I think it's really difficult to nail it down to just a few. But I mean if you look at some of the most memorable characters in, uh, in gaming's history. I mean, you can definitely draw a couple correlations from it. I mean, we could spend all, we could spend an entire podcast talking about that. Yeah, this is just a, a tease. We probably will, I, I imagine. So long as mm-hmm. I'm host, we're probably going to spend several podcasts on it. But Jim, um, I, I, I'd actually be fully up for a podcast um, all about characters because game characters is something I look at as something very important in games. If it's got a really good cast, then I'm likely to whack several points onto a score. Because I, I, I just love a good ensemble in a game, and it is—it's a—it's a different factor of things. I mean, I know you said don't mention Sephiroth, but I think he's an important—he's an important factor to mention because he is so iconic, and he's someone—he's an example of someone whose whose iconicism comes down to his look, which I think is very. Because gaming is a very visual medium, I think having the right look is very important, and I think that's what people attach to. Because if you play Final Fantasy VII, the the most deep and complex and evil villain in it is Hojo anyway, so he's Mm -hmm. the the true villain, not Sephiroth, and probably my favourite character, because, I mean, if we ask what we personally look for, then complex characters and really villainous ones are ones I like. Also ones that are gayer than Christmas. um, Yeah, I think that's why people like Sephiroth. Yeah, when he's that. when he's walking through the flames of of Cloud's village, that's that's not just it doesn't look just look pretty. That's fucking. Oh, it's getting hot in here, Cloud. Um, <laughs> but that said, Kuja is my favorite Final Fantasy villain of all time. 
And you really? don't get Cam- you, you don't get camper than that old drag queen. You really well, don't. yeah, he is. Yeah, he is kind of like a combination of all the elements you just listed. I mean, he's yeah, he's very conflicted. He's got a, a pretty well fleshed out backstory. He's he's well developed and he's gayer than Christmas. So oh, camper and Christmas. Although have you have you played um, God Hand, Jim? I haven't yet. <laughs> no, I really. It will I'll... be heaven for you because every character in that, every enemy in that game is the the most offensive gay stereotype you oh. could possibly think of. Well, oh, yeah, those every two guys with, were with so the exception, cool. yeah, yeah, every those two in particular. But in the world I mean, I don't like gay stereotypes, but I do like camp characters um, such as Kuja or Zhang Hei from Dynasty Warriors or Vega or or Liquid Snake. You care for a spot of tea, Snake? Well, um, Cam Clark is gay, so you know that's. I just... do. I love Cam Clark. He did a, he <laughs> oh, did a yeah. whole album of of. I know. Yes. Oh songs. my god. I just I love He's... him for that. I love him for that. Cam Man's Clark a is legend. a god. I know. I want to try and get an interview with him. I want to get him on. I want to get him on podcastle just so we can do the whole show as Liquid Snake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you would but be surprised. A... We actually got a couple comments from people requesting that we really go through with Aaron's idea of doing an entire episode. <laughs> I was really Gear tempted. I was really tempted to put piece together a, an intro for this show which was the intro to Metal Gear Solid <laughs> we, we should do it one time we should we should all get together and just do the whole thing <laughs> I just want an excuse to keep doing Liquid Snake I sometimes do it, just do a, yeah, a, a Metal Gear Solid radio drama starring Destructoid yeah, yeah. We'll do, we'll I just, do sometimes I wander I wander around my house in underwear sometimes just going I want some fish and fucking chips <laughs> and big bosses DNA <laughs> um, it's just but I'm, I'm actually I've been planning for weeks to actually write a series on some of the most deep and complex characters in games and just discussing why um, and if you've ever played it, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 while we're on the subject, Solidus Snake in that is probably the best video game villain of all time the best really? of all time Solidus yeah, Snake, I, really? What makes Solidus, you say that? I can basically... Um, and this is a spoiler if any of you are going to get your fucking knickers in a twist about it. Basically, Solidus Snake is a hero, but he goes around his heroism in the most evil way possible, but he's a villain by default. He's a, he's a fucking libertarian at heart. <laughs> he's Ron, he's Ron Paul. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> he's Ron Paul. But he's the ultimate libertarian who just took it too far, because obviously the patriots are exerting their social control on people's lives, and all he really wanted to do was free America from that. But he's also this war criminal and a mass murderer, to boot. And he's just got everything I, everything I want in a villain. You know, he's very complex. He thinks the best, the best villains are people who think they're right, people who think they're heroes. And Solid as Snake just has it all. I mean, he's mm. not Cam Clark, obviously, but... Right. But yeah, like you say, yeah, um, it, it's weird because uh, uh, Solid Snake becomes like a. At the end of the game, he becomes a sympathetic character, which is weird yeah. because up until that point, he's just fucking psychotic. And you know, a lot of that, and I know we've talked about this before, and I won't, I won't, you know, bring us back into this conversation. But a lot of that is echoed with the boss, you know, because up until this point, you're like, fuck, what the fuck? And then at the end, it's like, oh my god, and you kind of just, and it dawns on you. And you know, I think, yeah, like you said, I think every. Uh, like you said, every villain has, you know, every great villain thinks they're right. Every great villain, to some degree, is even sympathetic. Yeah, um, sometimes actually right, but they just yeah. they just fuck up. I mean, Metal Gear Solid, again, just to dwell on it, is just really good at that. I think the only truly nasty piece of work in that series is Ocelot and Volgin. I think they're the only really nasty pieces of work. Even characters like fucking Psycho Mantis had reasons and just did the wrong thing and went about 
things and became very tragic. And Liquid Snake as well just became a very bitter, twisted individual when he could have been could have been a hero. But you see, I just think villains villains that are very tragic and complex. It's not just games, but are true of any any medium. Make great characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're definitely going to devote an entire episode to this at some point because there's just too mm-hmm. much to say. But um, that wraps up Podtoid Forty. Uh, anybody else have anything else to say on anything? Ever. Incredible cockfag? What? Nothing. Puppet's a cockfag? Oh. Oh, this yeah, is he is. Yeah. yeah. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. Just in case nobody knows. But... <laughs> if they haven't heard the buzz yet. It's, yeah, it's a state <laughs> secret, but we're breaking it. You heard it here first. We're breaking this the is, This is a Detoid exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd like to thank Jim Sterling, Aaron Lindy, and Brad Rice for coming on the show. We will talk to you next week. See ya. Good. Building in the day.